what's up, Cub fans? Welcome to episode 32 of Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Ryan Davis, and you would remember me from FanRag Sports, The Sporting News, and CubsInsider.com, and I'm bringing you our Locked On Cubs podcast, talking about everything that's going on with the Cubs these days, heading into, uh, what, two weeks from opening night against the Miami Marlins in Florida. So, uh, a couple things we actually have to talk about. Uh, my apologies for not... Uh, posting a podcast yesterday. There was just not a whole lot of news yesterday morning, and I couldn't even think of three decent segments to talk about, and I thought, you know, why why waste your time trying to cram 15 minutes of nothing into a podcast? So we have two days worth of stuff to talk about today. Uh, first thing I'll talk about is uh, Justin Grimm being let go. Then uh, second segment, I'll go into some talk about the final ro- roster spot and maybe even two roster spots available. And then uh, final segment, I'll talk about just an interesting player that I've uh, kind of uh, looked into for this spring that I, th- I thought was worth um, just kind of chatting about a little bit. So goodbye, Justin Grimm. That's uh, not all that surprising given what we know. I talked about this a little bit on a previous podcast that the uh, because they went to arbitration for Justin Grimm, his salary was not uh, fully guaranteed um, all the way through spring training. So for the first portion of spring training, uh, they could let him go and only pay, I think it's $350,000 on his $2.2 million salary, and then at a certain point, I think it's a $500,000 or a prorated portion. I know that Bruce Levine tweeted yesterday that the Cubs will save $1.6 million of that $2.2 million salary by letting him go. And so that's what made it not so surprising is Grimm really did not perform well this spring, and he was already kind of in that bubble spot where he didn't perform well last year. I think the Cubs were trying to bring him back just to see if maybe they could salvage anything with him, but once he was really getting hit hard and walking guys, I think at that point it was very clear what the what the obvious move was going to be for the team. So I just wanted to remember some of the good times and then kind of figure out what exactly went wrong. Uh, if you don't remember, Grimm came over in the Matt Garza deal. He was with Carl Edwards Jr. and Neil Ramirez and Mike Olt. I think it's interesting that uh, Carl Edwards is the only guy left from that deal. That was a deal that I think a lot of Cub fans were really happy with at the time because you had three really good upside pitchers and you had a third baseman of Michael Old, who was a former top prospect who was having a rough year because of an eye problem. But it was viewed like Michael, okay, even at worst, if he's not a great hitter, he'll hit for low average, but he'll get on base at you know a decent clip, you know, maybe a 230 hitter, but would get on base 320 and then hit you you know, 15 to 20 home runs and a decent amount of plate appearances. He had he had solid power. Uh, he was a great defensive third baseman. So that was a guy that you thought, even if he wasn't going to be a star, he could be a regular starter in Major League Baseball and could provide some value and at least could hold the spot until Chris Bryant arrived and then maybe, you know, Olt got dealt somewhere for, for a prospect or something. But it didn't work out that way with Olt. Neil Ramirez was great until he started having shoulder problems. You know that that cut his uh, career with the Cubs short, and he's kind of bounced around the league. And then there was Grimm, who was a starter with the Texas Rangers. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr. was a starter with the Texas Rangers, 
you know, those guys ended up in the bullpen. Engram was great there, but you know, from 2013 to 2015, let's let's look at these numbers. 127 and two-thirds innings. He had a 2.96 ERA, a 3.13 FIP, 10.2 strikeouts per nine, and 3.9 walks per nine. So even then, he was walking guys, but he was throwing that 97 mile an hour fastball with that big bending curveball. And when he could command his pitches, Grimm was a very good reliever. I mean, he was he was a eighth or ninth inning type stuff in the back end of the bullpen. And, and I remember stretches of time. It was never consistent for a full year, man. But for stretches of time, he would come in and just dominate guys. Even in that 2015 season, when he had an ERA just under two, there were times when he would come in and walk people and, and it wasn't reliable. And then, then he would dominate for a while. It was never just consistent enough. And it never felt like that was a guy you could totally rely on uh, in the late innings to be that shutdown guy every single time. In 2016, he had a 6.08 ERA in late June, was getting hit hard. But then the rest of the way, he was good. You know, He had 36 strikeouts in 26 innings the rest of the way with a 2.08 ERA. He pitched well in the postseason. I can specifically remember a big jam. I think bases loaded that he got out of that was huge. So there was some redemption at the end of 2016 for Justin Graham. I think people felt like, okay, going into 2017, the bullpen's a little bit more stocked. This is a guy who is one of your middle relievers. Whatever you can get out of him is good enough. But it wasn't. It was not good enough. He had a 7.53 ERA in early May. He went on the DL, came back in late May, over the next 16 and a third innings was great. 19 strikeouts, didn't walk too many, 165 ERA. So it looked like, again, maybe a DL stint and then back, Justin Grimm would be fine. Or maybe it was a trip to AAA. I'm, I'm forgetting at this point whether it was DL or AAA. I think it was the disabled list with a blister problem, but I could be wrong on that. My, my memory could be fading on, on Justin Grimm's uh, many issues with the Cubs. But it looked like things were going well at that point for Justin Grimm, but they were not. Over his final 26 and two-thirds innings, he struck out 26 batters, but he also walked 16 and had a 7.09 ERA. This guy just got pounded in the second half last year. It was not good, and I think that kind of brought us to where we were, where it had been consistently inconsistent for a while, and they came into spring training with him. They went to arbitration. I think specifically so that they could get that uh, that salary that wasn't guaranteed, they could let him go in spring training. And that's ultimately what they ended up doing with Grimm. So that opened up a couple other roster spots, maybe, maybe possibly two, and we'll talk about that next. So about those two roster spots, one is the one that I thought Justin Grimm could have claimed with a a better spring, and the other one is the one that should go to Pedro Strope. Strope has yet to pitch this spring. He's injured. I thought he was coming back soon. He may be back on the mound soon. It's not serious or anything, but uh, at this point, you have to wonder, does Pedro Strope have enough time to be fully ready for opening day by the time he actually gets out on the mound? And that's a good question. The Cubs might be better served to put him on the disabled list to start the year and let him 
you know, take 10 days and then come back, maybe rehab for a few days and get a couple of innings at AAA and then come back in mid-April. You know, there's no reason to rush him and get him back and, and uncomfortable. They have a strong enough bullpen. They're deep enough. They can do it. So for those two spots, there are a couple players I want to talk about. First one is Eddie Butler, who I think with Grimm's release has locked a position in the bullpen with the Cubs. He's out of options, but he has been very good so far this spring. Uh, I don't have his numbers up here on hand, but he hasn't been walking guys. He's been getting outs. His stuff has looked good. He's commanding his pitches and a couple times that I've seen him. It's been pretty good for Eddie Butler and good for him. He needed to be good. He needed to be good enough to earn that spot because this is a guy I don't think the Cubs want to let go. I think they would like to be able to at some point try and sneak him back down to AAA if they can, but at the end of spring training, it wasn't going to happen. There was going to be somebody who wanted, you know, a fifth starter, a team that, you know, maybe isn't contending and maybe they're short on, on, you know, spots in the rotation or even a bullpen spot. There was going to be somebody who would have claimed him. So trying to sneak him down to AAA at this point would not be uh, the best idea. So I think he has locked up one of those bullpen spots. Another player to watch is, of course, Dylan Maples. Talked about his slider before. He had that dominant appearance where he struck out three batters. Other than that, man, he's still been wild. It, it hasn't been good for him. I know he's working hard on that wildness issue, the commanding his pitches, and that's something he's going to work continually with Jim Hickey and the Cubs pitching staff about. I think having him come north to Chicago for, for the season, at least to start, and continue working with the pitching staff and the coaches on commanding his pitches and being able to throw him for strikes might be good for him because realistically this is your eighth man in the bullpen. You've got so many guys ahead of him, including Eddie Butler, that would be getting into a game. This isn't a guy that you would be expecting to come in and pitch high leverage situations for you. So the wildness issue isn't such a big problem if you think that that can be fixed in Chicago. Now maybe you also think, okay, it'd be better if he was pitching more frequently uh, in higher leverage situations. Maybe that would fix him. And in that case, you send him down to AAA. But I think that's a thing that it might be better for him to actually go with the team, be the last man of the bullpen, and you know just pitch the mop-up innings and, and work on that command issue. There are other, other guys that I think could get a spot. There's a reliever on the 40-man named Shea Simmons. We haven't seen a whole lot from him this spring. In his few appearances, he's walked a lot of batters. I don't know if he's earned a spot. I don't know if if uh, I, I can't make a fully formed opinion because I haven't any any of the games that he's pitched. I haven't seen, so I, I haven't seen his stuff. I can only look at his numbers and make an assumption. Uh, they haven't been putting him out there frequently. It's possible that in the next two weeks he could make a strong case and they could look at him. But at this point, I feel like he's kind of towards the back end. Uh, Randy Rosario also on the forty man. Uh, this is a left-hander who uh, they picked up from the Minnesota Twins. I think that's also possible, but you're also looking at, at that point, four left-handed relievers in the pen, and I don't think they go that way. Uh, you already have Mike Montgomery, Brian Dunsing, and Justin Wilson. I think they're probably going with uh, a right-handed reliever. Another name that I think is really interesting at this point is Alec Mills. The assumption, I think, because he has options and because he has been a starter in the past, 
was that he was going to go back down to AAA and be in the rotation there. But so far, the Cubs haven't stretched him out as a starter yet. He only has seven and a third innings in five appearances. Uh, I think the last appearance that he made, he, he started for the Cubs, only went two innings. Uh, why haven't they stretched him out yet? Are they still looking at him possibly as a bullpen option going into spring training if you know, Pedro Strope can't start the season? I think that could be possible. I, I think they could be looking at Mills in the bullpen as well. And then maybe at some point you send him back down to AAA after the season has started, and then he starts you know, stretching out there in the rotation. But that's another guy that I think has a possibility of making it uh, with the Cubs this year out of spring training. But again, that, that's another kind of long shot. I think if I were to put my money down and say, okay, so we know Pedro Strope's going to go on the DL for 10 days and then come back uh, after a, a couple of appearances in AAA and then and then come back mid-April. Uh, if we know that's for sure, we have these two spots in the bullpen open, my money would go on Eddie Butler and Dylan Maples. Last thing I wanted to talk about is an, a really interesting story about Ryan Court. This is a guy, Kerry Muscat wrote about him at Cubs.com, and it's worth going to read. It's just really interesting. She talked to him. He got a couple good quotes from him. This guy is I think 30 years old right now, or maybe he's turning 30 this season. He grew up in Elgin. He went to Illinois State University. This was a kid who was a diehard Cubs fan growing up. He got drafted in the 23rd round by the Arizona Diamondbacks out of college. He was 23 in his first year in the minors. He ended up getting released after 2014. He went and played in the independent leagues in Sioux Falls. He ended up hitting like 331 with a 400 on base with the independent league team, earned a spot with the Boston Red Sox, went to double A, hit well enough, and then last year played, I think, all season at triple A with the, with the Pawtucket Red Sox. Didn't get his major league call up, so he's still waiting to make his major league debut, but so far this spring, he's hit really well for the Cubs. 12 hits, he's batting 364, has three home runs, five stolen bases. That, I mean, it's just spring training, but this is a guy who's motivated to make the team. He's not going to. There's There would have to be just a, a cavalcade of injuries and, and misfortunes for him to make the roster to, to semi-quote one of my favorite TV shows. You know, six misfortunes? Maybe. Seven misfortunes? That's possible. But nine misfortunes? That's probably what it would take for him to... Uh, end up on the roster. So he's going to go down to AAA if he wants to continue playing. Uh, he's not. He's a non-roster invitation guy, so um, they would have to sign him in, uh, to a minor league contract. But uh, he could go down to, to Iowa and play there and maybe at some point earn a call-up. This is a guy who's a utility infielder. Uh, he He's just the kind of guy you want to root for, you know? He plays all over the field. He's motivated. He plays hard. I'm trying to avoid using the word scrappy because I feel like there's like sometimes racial overtones to using that word. It's used for like specific kinds of players that I don't necessarily appreciate. But you know, he's he's a a hard worker, a guy who wants to get to the, to the big leagues and is doing whatever he can to get there. And and that's the guy you want to root for. Again, a, a Cubs fan, he went to the 2016 World Series rally as a fan, wearing his stuff with his dad, ended up, you know, standing on the street watching the team go by and then going in a bar and watching the rest of it on TV. I mean, what? who among us can't uh, relate to that kind of guy and really hope that, that he has success? So 
Ryan Court, there's a guy that I'm rooting for personally. I would love to see him in the clubhouse at some point this year and be able to chat with him about his story and maybe do uh, like a feature for him for Sporting News uh, about, you know, the Cubs fan grows up, career minor leaguer, uh, finally makes it to the big leagues with his uh, favorite team. How cool would that be? So that's that's something to watch the rest of spring. They're giving him a lot of plate appearances uh, to see what they've got with him. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he ends up in a Cubs uniform uh, sometime this summer. That's all I have for you guys. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me if you're interested in my account at Ryan Q. Davis on Twitter. You can email us at LockdownCubs at gmail.com with any questions or comments. And if you haven't already, please go enter our giveaway. I might be adding more stuff to it, so watch out for that. But currently, it's a mint condition Sammy Sosa rookie card and a small Wrigley Field watercolor that would be pretty cool on somebody's basement wall or uh, you know a, a man cave of sorts. Uh, that, that would be uh, something cool that I think you guys would really like. And then I'm hopefully going to be adding some more pretty cool stuff to it as well. So go to Locked on Cubs on Twitter, see my pinned tweet on how you can enter to win that stuff. Basically, you just have to retweet the tweet, follow us on Twitter, and then go on iTunes and leave us a review. So that's it, guys. Uh, it's the weekend, so I will talk to you again Monday.